They never show the border. They never show what's really happening. It's not even news because news, you're supposed to see what's going on. They don't show the real news. And it's uh, very sad. Very sad. They don't ever show the border. They don't ever. They don't ever talk about the horror of the Afghan withdrawal. Getting out again is good. But the way they got out was so bad. Most incompetent withdrawal from a battle site, I would say, well, let ever, me ask you this. ever in the history of any country. There's never been any country that withdrew like that. Grossly you, you, incompetent. You referenced COVID earlier. Um, you left office with three vaccines and monoclonal antibodies that you had created, which to this day, I think is the, the best therapeutic. I advise people to talk to the doctors. Um, the RNC put together an ad of Joe Biden during the campaign saying he will shut down the virus. Uh, we had more deaths in 2021 than 2020 from coronavirus. Um, and then I'll play you his remarks during one of the presidential debates and uh, get you to respond on the other side. Listen, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. 220,000 Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. You gave him those vaccines, those monoclonal antibodies, and we had more deaths from COVID in 2021 than in 2020. You heard his comments about 220,000, but then he said he wasn't, we had no idea. We didn't see Omicron coming and we ran out of tests. We ran out of monoclonal antibodies. These antiviral medicines that doctors have been praising for months were unavailable and are still unavailable. How is that possible when he said it was a travesty that you didn't have enough tests in the beginning of the pandemic? Sean, we did such a great job. We got hit with somebody that nobody knew what it was. Nobody had any idea what it was. It came in and I closed the country to China early, way early, way beyond what anybody ever thought even possible. I did something that even nobody in the White House, and we had 21 people in the Oval Office, everybody except me said, keep it open to China. We saved hundreds of thousands of people. I then closed it to Europe, and we, were, we, we stocked up our country with ventilators. We became the kings of ventilators. We were making them for not only our country, we had so many, we were making them all for all over the world, helping other countries. We stocked up our shelves. They were all, I said the cupboards were all dry. All the states, everybody dry. The federal government had nothing. We stocked it up. We did a great job. We haven't been given the credit we deserve. Our people did an incredible job. When he took it over, we were stocked up. We were ready to go. He had the vaccines. He had the therapeutics. 
and he didn't know how to use them. And he didn't know how. And they lost more people under him. They lost more people in that year than they did when really people didn't know what this horrible thing that floated in from China was. And it's a, it's a terrible thing. That's right. He used to talk about how he's going to close it up. But he didn't do well with H1N1. They had the H1N1. And he did very poorly with that. I said, why will he do? But, you know, it, it sounded good at the time. And when he got in, I said, I hope he does it. But he didn't do it. And they were totally unprepared for the new variant. Totally unprepared. No tests, no anything. And it's been a real mess. And as you say, a lot of people have died. A lot more. It's going to be a lot more than under an administration where nobody even knew what it was for a period of time. But we figured it out pretty fast. And you're right. We got the vaccines in nine months instead of five years. It was supposed to take five years to 12 years. And guys like Fauci said, uh, it's not going to, we're not going to be able to do it in time. And we did it nine months, less than nine months. Nobody could believe it. And the therapeutics likewise, but they haven't known how to use them. And I think that people don't trust them. I think they don't trust Biden. They don't trust the administration. And that's why they're not taking them to the extent that they should be. I played earlier in the program for Reince Priebus and Scott Brown the question from James Rosen about a poll that Americans don't uh, think that Joe Biden is mentally fit for the office. In other words, they're talking about his cognitive decline. I followed it up with a montage of these long pauses and and drifting answers and seemingly mumbling, bubbling incoherence even at, at times. Do you believe he's struggling cognitively? Because that question was raised about you, and I've been around you long enough to know that, that that's not a problem for you at all. Well, I went and took a test, and as uh, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, who's great, great guy, now he's a congressman, and they love him in Texas, but he said he aced it, and uh, I don't think he ever saw anyone ace it. And I, I immediately said, because they started passing the false narrative, I think I'll know when the time is coming. I hope so. Maybe you will, too, when your time is coming. But no, I aced it. And uh, I thought it was very important because I started to to put out, well, gee, uh, did he say this? And, and by the way, what I turned out to say was all right. We made a lot of right decisions. But uh, look, when you watch the press conference, I don't want to be the one to say, but that's not a normal situation going on up there. And they were mostly very soft questions. I mean, Peter asked a good one. A couple of people asked a little tougher than they anticipated. But that was a very, very soft press conference. Most of it was not even really questions. They're just giving, you know, just giving statements and sort of saying how wonderful things are. But things aren't wonderful. They're not wonderful for our country. Our country is in a terrible way. Our country is in a position I don't think we've ever been in. Nobody is respecting our country anymore. It's like it's like day and night from what we had. We were respected. I don't want to say we were feared, but we can say it. But we were respected at a minimum. And I'll tell you what, uh, they knew that we weren't playing games. And none of these things would have happened. You wouldn't have had inflation. You wouldn't have had Ukraine problems with Russia. It was all working out. Everything was fine. I got along well with them, and they understood me. I understood them. You're going to have big problems with Taiwan. You're going to have problems with many things. This is all self-inflicted stuff. And if you really look at energy, I think the biggest component of 
what's happened with respect to inflation is energy. And we were energy independent. We didn't need anybody. In fact, we were exporting energy, making a fortune. We were going to be double the size of Russia and China. We're going to be double their size. We weren't number one. We were number one when I left. And we were heading in a year. We were going to be bigger than both of them combined. And that's something nobody ever thought would have been possible. And instead, we gave up the mantle. and, And we looked like a bunch of very sad fools. You know, Joe Biden said he had one of the most successful presidencies first year ever, and and his administration has exceeded all expectations. He asked rhetorically a number of times, what do, what do they stand for? So we actually went back and we pulled up your record in your first year, and we pulled up his record now that he's been in office for a full year. Uh, you signed your first year 117 bills into law, including dozens of major legislative achievements. You repealed the individual mandate Obamacare. You you did sign the biggest tax cut in U.S. history. You eliminated uh, more regulations than uh, at least five, ten presidents combined. You did open up oil exploration in Anwar and Alaska. Uh, We saw massive economic growth. You nominated Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. You set a record for first-year judicial appointments to the federal appellate court. You saw a historic reduction in illegal immigration. And you destroyed the caliphate. You bombed the living Adam Schiff out of them. And you forced NATO members to uh, step up and pay their fair share. Uh, Joe brought us a 40 year high with inflation. A worker shortage actually now exists in the country. People are not even going back in the workplace. The average family is now spending up to five thousand dollars more a year because of his inflation tax. He shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. He gave the green light to Vladimir Putin. However, he's making Russia rich again. He blocked oil exploration on federal lands, including Anwar that you just mentioned. Uh, and, you know, now he's pleading and begging with OPEC and and Russia to produce more energy when we could produce it here. Uh, what is your response? Because he was saying that he had a more productive first year than yours. It wasn't close. Everybody knows that. And what he's done in terms of building up our enemies is just incredible. You look at what's happened now with China, where there's no retribution whatsoever. You look at Russia. Russia now is making a fortune. You know, you're going to have energy. You talk about energy. You'll have uh, oil at $100 a barrel very soon. We're heading there. We're going to be very close to $100 a barrel. I had it down to 26, 29. I had it lower than that during the pandemic, during certain periods. And we made it affordable. We made it good. And yet we had more energy jobs than we've ever had. Now all those, not all, but a lot of those jobs are gone. And if you could start that up again and stop with all of the windmills all over the place that are ruining the atmosphere, you look at what's happening to these beautiful prairies and plains and these gorgeous areas of our country where they have these rusting hulks put up all over the place where that are noisy, they're killing the birds. I mean, I, I don't get the environmentalists that it's a very expensive form, probably the most expensive form of energy. But you, you look at what we had, you know, natural gas is very clean. Uh, they've destroyed the coal miners and, and you have clean coal and they use coal now for much more than just energy. They use it for other things also. But they destroyed the coal miners in West Virginia and Wyoming and other places. They're just destroying these people and for no reason whatsoever. And remember this, China is opening up a coal plant every week, a big one, every single week. 
and other countries. And we are supposed to be going. I got out of this Paris climate accord. It was a disaster for our country. It was going to cost trillions of dollars for our country. It's going to really hurt our country badly. And China didn't have to abide by it. Russia didn't have to abide by it. India didn't have to abide by it. So if we're going to be clean and they're going to be dirty, you know, it blows right over and right past the United States. And unless they're going to do it, it's not fair because it's very expensive to do. And unless they do it and they had no intention, all they do is talk. They talk, Let me talk, ask you talk. This. And we want to do it. It's a very, very serious problem for our country. I've talked to Mark Meadows. I talked to Cash Patel. I've asked you this question before, and that is, did you authorize, as required by law, the calling up of, of up to 20,000 uh, National Guard troops on January the 4th and maybe even other occasions uh, in the lead up to what will, everybody knew would be a big rally and every big rally, I guess you always have bad actors, but on the heels of the rioting, 574 riots in the summer of 2020, they killed dozens, injured thousands of cops and caused billions of property damage. Did you authorize calling up the guard? And then it became uh, the chain of command went to Nancy Pelosi and to the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser. Did you, as required by law, authorize that? One hundred percent and attested to by many people. And they turned it down. Nancy Pelosi turned it down. I guess they both did. But Nancy Pelosi turned it down and she's in charge of the Capitol. So they run the Capitol, the security of the Capitol. If you had 10,000 or 20,000, but if you had 10,000, if you had 5,000 soldiers wrapped around the Capitol, you would have had no January 6th as we know it. There would have been no problem whatsoever, but they turned it down, which tells you everything. It was three days before. I think how, they how, many, very how many times did you request it? How many times specifically do you remember or recall requesting it? And now the chairman of the committee has said Nancy Pelosi's off limits. That means the sergeant of arms is off limits who would report to her. Uh, Muriel Bowser is not being uh, subpoenaed. Uh, from my understanding, they're, none of their communications are being subpoenaed. Um, if the purpose of the committee is to prevent this from ever happening again, wouldn't those be the people that you need to ask? Because if you had 20,000 troops, I agree with you. I don't think this that day would have happened. And with a lot less than 20,000 troops also. The fact is, I knew it was going to be a massive rally because this was a protest rally against the election, which they considered to be totally rigged. They were right. And this was a protest against the election. And I was told by so many people, oh, we're going down on the 6th. We're going down. And I, that's why I met with the top people the top people in military and other places. And I said, I think this is going to be a lot of people coming down. I can tell you, I spoke, I believe it was the biggest crowd I've ever spoken to. It was massive. I'm not talking about the people that walked down to the Capitol. I'm talking about the people that we were watching. But I felt that was going to happen at the rally or whatever you want to call it at the people listening to the speeches for a lot of different people. And they were also making speeches the night before and it was a lot of love there. Believe me, there was a lot of love and a lot of friendship and people that love our country. These are great people. And I felt there was going to be a very big crowd. And I said, you know, I think we should have 10,000. And Cash Patel is a terrific guy. I said, maybe it should be 20. I said, maybe it should be 20. He remembers me saying 10 to 20. But I wanted to have soldiers or, and I would have soldiers and or National Guard. 
And Nancy Pelosi turned it down. And if she didn't turn it down, you would not have had any problem. It would have just been absolutely a lovely day. Let me ask you, uh, a friend of mine was with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis the other day and uh, had a private conversation, but he, didn't, he said he didn't have, it wasn't confidential. And he asked if any of this, if, there's, if there is any conflict or bickering between you and him, and he said, absolutely not. He said it's total BS. Is he right? Well, he is right. I get along great with Ron. Ron was very good on the Mueller hoax. He was uh, he was right up front, along with Jim Jordan and all of the rest of them. They were fantastic. The Republicans really stuck together, and it was a great thing. And Ron was one of them. And Ron wanted to run, and I endorsed him, and that helped him greatly. And uh, he went on, and he's done a really terrific job in in Florida. And I think you know, Ron has been. Very good. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. It's totally fake news. I think Ron said last week, he said it very publicly. He says, the press is never going to get in the middle of my friendship with Donald Trump. We're not going to do that stuff. And he said it very strongly. I thought it was very interesting, actually, and very nice. But he said that, and I agree with him on that 100%. No, I have a very good relationship with Ron and intend to have it uh, for a long time. What do you advise Republicans for these midterm elections? Do you plan on getting active and involved in it? And who do you think the Democrats will run in 2024? And are you considering a run? So I'm very active. I'm doing a lot of endorsements. I'm 158 and two. That's a lot of wins, 158 wins. And uh, we're endorsing a whole big uh, flock of very good people. And, uh, you know, the whole make America great again. It's all about make America great again. It's about America first. That's why with energy and so many things that we're giving away to the enemy, we're giving them away to other people, other countries. We're giving all of that tremendous wealth away, all of that money, which can buy so many things for our country and, and help so many people. But it's about MAGA. It's about make America great again. And uh, we're endorsing a lot of people and they're really good people. And I think you're going to have a very strong Republican Party. You know, we've done incredibly well with Hispanics. You saw that record numbers. And in fact, uh, the governor of Texas, good guy, also told me that uh, we did more. He said uh, we did better with the Hispanic community than anybody since the Civil War. Think of it, the Civil War. And if you look at the Republican Party, we're doing tremendously with Hispanics. And we're way up with African-Americans, way up. Uh, look, it's a very different party. It's a bigger party. It's a stronger party. Uh, I heard the numbers as you were talking to Kevin. Those are great poll numbers. We've never had numbers like that. The Republican Party is, I think, really doing well. And it's becoming a very different party. But the inroads that we've made with Hispanics is just a beautiful thing. You know, they're very entrepreneurial people. They're very strong, smart, entrepreneurial people, and they like the Republican Party a lot. And I'm very proud of it because I head up the Republican Party at a time when we've done numbers. Look at my numbers with Cuba. Look at my the Cubans, Cuban-Americans. Look at my numbers with the Venezuelans that live in our country. Uh, they're unbelievable numbers and how well I've done in Miami I mean, during the election. We won we won the state of Florida big, but I did tremendously with Hispanics. Let me so ask you been, one last question. It's a very question. different party. I was with friends the other night and and your rally was going on. And and one of my friends, pretty smart political guy, actually said he knows that uh, we've known each other for all these years. And he said, just tell him 
don't do any interviews with the media mob because they hate him and just to do rallies. And when he gets back in office, never talk to the media and and just redo every policy he did and and stop fighting with people that he knows hates him. (laughs) He wanted me to ask you that question. And I'm curious as to your answer myself. You have less than a minute. Well, he sounds like a very smart person. Uh, I mean, the rally the other night in Arizona was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Tens of thousands of people. I'd give you a number, the real number, but nobody would even believe it. I know the real number. Uh, Many times tens of thousands. And it was incredible. As far as the eye could see, people. And uh, 41 miles of cars lined up for 41 miles to be there. It was an unbelievable rally. And Look, I think we're going to do really well. I think we're going to have a tremendous 22, and hopefully we're going to have a tremendous 24. Uh, Mr. President, uh, we appreciate it. Are you running in 2024? We have 15 seconds. <laughs> well, I think you'll be happy, but we'll let you know at a little bit later date. But I, think I say that in the last 15, 15 seconds because I knew you were, were not going to answer that question. So, Millie, that was um, President Trump talking with Sean Hannity. Oh, um, Millie, I can't unmute you. You have to unmute yourself. Um, So that was President Trump uh, talking with Sean Hannity. And obviously it felt really repetitive at first, right? Because he's going over the winds and talking about everything. But he did say a lot of, you know, things. Um, Did jump out at you specifically that he mentioned um well the threat to the taliban was pretty um impressive i thought um um you know part of the thing is with this the stream yard as well i think you use every once in a while it like starts cutting out and yeah i know i know so, i know i'm sorry um, so Yeah, I didn't really hear too much of what you just said. No, but I I saw that, you know, he was very repetitive at the beginning. He kind of reinforces everything, right? But then he also drops nuggets in that repetitive thing. So that way, you know, people that are listening kind of tune out. But he drops a lot of little nuggets in there. And what was interesting is, is that, you know, they're going around, you know, this J6 commission, right? Um, He's talking about, you know, oh, there's a flock of people and we're going to do this. And he's not saying that he's running for 2024, which means something's up his sleeve. Now, today, Garrett Ziegler finally made it public, right? No one's seen the subpoena. Very few people have. But there's a subpoena in 2019 that went out asking about all of Joe Biden, all of Hunter Biden's businesses, right? And there was a whistleblower that came forward and brought this forward. And there's a huge subpoena. Um, and the news is going to be inundated with Joe Biden, Hunter Biden things, which totally aligns with the narrative uh, that the media is saying, like, I've been wanting to talk about this. And for the past couple of days, um, I have been putting together just one piece, uh, which will be inclinating to that. Um, but we are now seeing the media kind of flip on them. And I'm very glad that Garrett put that out because this is why I've been saying, you know, there's still good people that have been attacked that have, you know, been working really hard for the American people. And 
sometimes uh, you have to lose someone or something or something good to recognize what you're losing, right? Right. And so, you know, the fact that this subpoena now that's been out since 2019 um, is going to be coming to light, this will obviously validate most of the stuff that I've been writing about, but it's coming. And so the question is, while that's happening, right, we have the UN and Davos coming in hard against the people. So the question is, we're going to be looking clearly on American politics while there's going to be global things coming in. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Because I feel like, you know, it's coming all together now, but could it be a distraction to see what's coming down the pipeline on a global scale? Right. Like we do see oftentimes when something really important is scheduled to come out or they get a, uh, an idea or a tip that something's going to come out, all of a sudden they'll have some other uh, thing that they push in circulation to drown out the news of whatever it is they're trying to bury, you know, yeah. um, they, they control the narrative with their psyops. So all I have to do is they could, you know, spark up a psyop of some sort around that time. And um, everyone would, you know, easily take the bait and not pay attention to the important issue at hand. Um, that's the problem with having the mainstream media and all of these people that, you know, are trained in running a military psyops working inside. Right, of the media. Because it's like really weird. Like I've known about the subpoena, right? Right. And that's why the article, even though it's pretty straightforward, I wanted to add the little twist so people can see where that subpoena came from. Right. So the question is, they're putting all of this now. And obviously, you know, Garrett, you know, saw the subpoena now and he's like, hey, this is going to be in the news. He's not a news outlet, right? He's that, he's that amazing guy, you know, from that yeah. was White House admin, right? Yeah. And, um, you know. I yeah, well, he just put that out, and I'm like, all right, so they're, they're, the mainstream media now is going to run with it, which means that we're going to be all excited. Oh, look, we got Joe Biden, you know, and people are going to jump on the, you know, stupid trains like, look, told you they're all going down. You know, there's people that think that people already got hung, um, <laughs> like legit. Um but then that's the distraction. We've got all the crypto markets now hacked, right? We've got JP Morgan took over E-Trade and Morgan Stanley took over Coinbase. Um, Crypto.com was hacked. Um, all of these places are being hacked. Uh, they're talking about deploying a digital currency. The Federal Reserve is. Davos is discussing it. And now they're going to throw us in the mix. Here's, here's a bit of a few goodies since everyone's upset with Joe Biden. So I think it's kind of like, here, give them a bone so they leave us alone and we can get on with it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that could very well be it. Um, you know, we got all excited about the Hillary Clinton investigation and nothing really came of it, did it? Right. So um, it could just be another thing like that to kind of, you know, make us all think that something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. You know, one thing <clears throat> that actually did stand out to me was when Trump was talking about and telling Hannity how much he had, 
you know, how many times he had requested military National Guard presence mm -hmm. outside the Capitol. You know, I had known that he did request it, but I didn't know how many times he did and how adamant he was about it and how much they denied it. And, you know, for me, that's just like, wow, you know, isn't that interesting? Because I know personally firsthand, I was tipping off the D.C. Metro Police. Exactly. I was tipping off the uh, DHS. FBI, DHS, uh, mm -hmm. tipping off the Secret Service. Literally, I had I have phone call communications like and emails. Remember you were. Yeah. Yeah. With the DC, uh, the head of the DC police there where I'm literally like giving them this information that these groups are literally planning an insurrection coup. I mean, it was a, an insurrection, a coup action. Let's call it a coup. Let's call it an insurrection. See at that time period, I'm thinking, well, this is weird because you know, what they're actually doing is by definition an insurrection. They're actually plotting an insurrection. But what they're doing is they're saying, they're not saying that they're plotting an insurrection in the videos. They're saying, let's call what tr the Trump supporters are, you know, he, they're, they're like in advance before the election even happens saying, you know, we're just going to call it a coup. We're going to call mm -hmm. it an insurrection, meaning these these leftist groups, they all knew working with the AFL-CIO, working with the unions, that these elections were going to be rigged. Uh, yeah, if you guys and, know, the unions were the ones staffing all the poll workers because of COVID. They made and, grandma and go the home. Post service, and the postal service and the right. teachers and, the and all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. The postal service is part of the AFL-CIO. Yes, the right. postal worker. Yeah. So they knew what was going to happen. So then you have these these left wing groups like they're saying all this. And from my perspective, I don't know necessarily how bad it is. And, the, 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 you know, the fix is fully in. I'm just like, why are they saying like call it a coup? Why are they saying they're going to call it an insurrection, call it a coup? And, right. and why are they saying that, you know, there are going to be people there that are going to take over government buildings and we should just let them and we should help them. And, you know, and just talk and talking about how they're going to frame up the Trump supporters and mm -hmm. it's going to be a crisis, I mean, but the crisis but, that we're creating. I mean, literally. right. But the question is, Millie, you while you were working that and you told DHS, you told Capitol Police and before anything, all of that was sent to the FBI. Right. At the same time, I was working the back end. Right. And what did we see? Everyone took that information and did nothing with it. Yeah, it was the most insane thing. Like no one did anything with it. And I'm just like, what? What the heck's going on here? And I tried really hard to get it out. But here's the thing. This you have to remember, I was doing the Sunrise Exposed reports and I had my uh, undercover infiltrator that I had been working with and, and I had him inside infiltrating for over like a year and a half. Okay. Into these left-wing groups. And, you know, all of this starts happening. We're getting all this gold. And then I get, I release Shadowgate and then I get arrested and the whole thing just like my, my life spirals out of control. And it was very hard to try to juggle all of the crazy yeah, attacks I was is. under. Yeah, but I'll tell to you try what to get is. this information out to the people. So it really kind of delayed it. It's like, gee, I wonder why they targeted me. Right. Well, we're sitting on a gold mine of information. That's, 
that's the thing. In 2016, if you remember, because there were posts from 2016, wasn't I talking about election integrity before the 2016 elections? You know, well, yeah, this, we're right. talking about it every. No, no, I'm yeah, but I'm saying I I was putting it out in 2016. I was working. I I was stumping for Trump. I was standing by the polls. I was telling them off that they're putting people that are not American citizens. And suddenly, a year later, I get freaking lawfared to the ground by McCain's ex-boyfriend Wayne Stenjum. Right. And he smeared the crap out of me. Right. Making claims for crimes. And I was like, yo, let's go to criminal court. And, and I'm thinking, you know, what is the purpose of all this? Right. Obviously, I was exposing things. I should have I should have kept my head down or how they said, know my place. So this was preemptive for what they knew was coming, just like your arrest. Exactly. was preemptive because they knew because they knew in 2019 you remember what happened right we did this whole election shit and what happened a couple weeks later in my life right suddenly everything's like twisted upside down exactly. um, right and it's like more smear because she didn't shut up with that let's go and so then you got smeared and you know what's weird there's always a common factor. There's this one person that supposedly, yeah, you know, I totally know this and I'm going to, uh, 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 right. Because for me during that time, when I was getting smeared before I was, I had people that were deep into the leftist state department approach me. Hey, you want a radio show? And I'm like, Oh, not yet. Right. Not feeling it. Thanks though. You tweet a lot of good things. Want to come over? No, not yet. This is like early 2017. Okay. And 2016, where people are like, hey, you're talking about election integrity. Trump stole the elections. I'm like, what are you talking about? They try to steal it from Trump. So I was getting approached. I'm just saying, same freaking MO, right? And at that point, you know, you get coaxed in, then you realize, wait, wait a minute. If the enemy's screaming, why don't you pull them closer to you, right? And as the enemy is closest to you, they're the ones that set it off because there were common factors. They smeared you. They had smeared me. So they're like, no one's going to listen if we talk shit about them. And that's how they do it. They create this narrative so nobody listens. And that's what they did to you. I mean, Jack uh, I couldn't even get like enough. many of the conservatives to cover my my reports mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. It was like it was like before before that had happened, I probably would have at least had Infowars and Alex Jones covering it. I would have at least had a lot of these other uh, right-wing um, media outlets covering. There was no way they were going to let you do it. Yeah, I mean, but instead, no. It was like, boom, I totally got blackballed. I got uh, attacked in the media. Everything just hit me really hard. So I did the best I could still to carry on and keep trekking forward despite all of the immense trauma that just happened to me and my entire family, my kids, everything. And so we put that all out there. So when I heard also in the Trump and Hannity uh, interview that just happened, him talking about how, you know, they said, oh, well, you know, the January 6th committee, how Nancy Pelosi's off um, limits, off limits and how, um, you know, the whole reason for the January 6th committee is supposedly so that um, they never have to have an investigation and do it again. Oh, so how convenient that they have a January 6th committee that is comprised of the people who are most likely associated with the ones I have on video actually talking about committing mm -hmm. an insurrection. Mm -hmm. So they're all associates of these people, uh, the Democrats controlling the January 6th committee, and they want to, you know, 
carry out a phony baloney investigation and not even subpoena any of these no, left-wing right. groups? Wait, wait, but it's we not. We saw the Antifa there dressed in black block. Right. Wait, no, really, don't say, don't say Antifa because it wasn't. It was the terror cells. Antifa's the chapter, right? right. It, was their, it was their foot soldiers and it was the terror cell. Because if you remember correctly, you had all this stuff and then Jack Posobiec took your map and said, I've infiltrated Antifa. And it's like, bitch, Antifa isn't running this. Right. You know, right. Well, it's look, it's a, they call they are anti-fascist, but yes, remember, Antifa is not an organization, according oh, to the even though they have chapters. And like I was like, there's a guy named Zach in North Dakota that runs the Antifa chapter. What do you mean it's an idea? They actually have they chapters. Say, they say it's not an organization, it's an idea. So right, right. But yeah. the thing is, you had all this stuff, right? And no one was putting it forward. I was really glad when I saw Steve Bannon saying, well, Millie has the receipts. Finally, it got there. And, you know, he kind of, you know, put Jack on the spot because he was like, yeah, I got this tactical. And, you know, he didn't get it. We know who got it. Right. And it's like, dude. Well, look, no. here's the reality. At the end of the day, I don't knock Jack for covering it because, hey, he got it on Bannon. Good. The information is what's key. No, did they get the information out, information. and that's all I cared about. See, I really don't care about anything else other right. than the information Millie, got out. Millie, so no I appreciate time for him. politics. I no time for politics. Thank you, Jack, for getting that's that information to Steve see, Bannon. No, because that no. is what needed mm -hmm. to happen at the time, see, and he did it. He see, did it, and you know what? It no. might have been that I was no. that blackballed by everyone that that was his only way to get it. Are you kidding? Listen to yourself. He put that out, and he was pushing a book about him infiltrating Antifa. He well, sold the book right after that. No, it had nothing to do with him trying to get information out. He pushed his Antifa book, Millie. Well, I don't know if you missed that, but that's exactly what he was doing. He was pushing his look, Antifa book. The bottom line is free, okay? They, the January 6th committee is full of the same people, the Democrats, who are running this committee that they're supposedly never going to have another investigation again because theirs is going to be so thorough. So this is the only investigation. That oh, shit, and they're not subpoenaing any of the people in these video calls who are literal federal employees, government employees, bureaucrats, uh, department of state heads. Okay. Talking about committing an insurrection and organizing with these left-wing groups talking about taking over government buildings who literally have a map outlining the Capitol as their target. And right. they line out their dates as their timeline starting election night, ending inauguration day. And they even have January 6th as a hot trigger point day. So you know what? Why aren't they subpoenaing them? This well, no, they're not going to subpoena them. them. One of the bitches that was on the call, you know, sitting there coaching everyone what they're allowed to do as employees was the one that wrote up the OSHA thing. The OSHA mandate was written by one of the people on those calls, right? She was the lead, uh, like, um, senior counsel for the Department of Labor. She wrote that, you know. So that's what's insane that, uh, yeah, they're not going to subpoena those people. They don't want to know January 6th. They just want to get Trump. That's their whole point. How can we tie this to President Trump? I mean, if you see the questions that the January 6th committee has sent to Mayor Giuliani and Sidney Powell, your hair will fall out. You'll be like, wait a minute. What does the Dominion stuff have to do with J6? That's a question everyone should be asking. Like, why are they asking things about Dominion when they're supposed to be investigating January 6th? Right. So they're investigating the people who were making claims of election fraud. And then they're, that's how they're dragging in Dominion when it's like, we're well within our free speech rights to to question the election outcome. No one committed a crime doing that. OK, let's talk about the groups that were there 
uh, breaking the windows and breaking in there. Let's talk about the groups that were pre-planning an event where they were going to take over government buildings. Oh, wait, but no, they don't want to talk about that. You know, let's talk about the FBI's potential involvement. Let's talk about Ray Epps. Let's talk about mm-hmm. all these right-wing groups. All these people that were not in the of informants. Yeah, all of them. And the thing is, they've thrown in all these people, right? Like even for the Oath Keepers, right? Who were the Oath Keepers, Millie, right? They were people that were hired for, for security, right? So now they're saying that they planned all of this and they did this. And I'm like, um, actually, there were operatives that have been overseas. They're actually assets. I mean, the Ukrainian orange, you know, infiltration happened in the DC Capitol and the people that were, you know, that had the orange tape on them for identifiers. I mean, even in that, as you called random video about traders, what did he put a piece of white tape, right? This is like simple things. You, your psyop, the steel pretty much laid out, you know, how they, 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 they copied and they cloned and they revamped the color revolution, which was orange. Right. And right. you found the guy in Ukraine also in DC during the, this alleged insurrection. Right. So bottom line is this was a huge operation, right? Absolutely. That, yeah. It was a massive operation and no one's seeing it as a massive operation. Yeah. But and- it's also, you know, there were, it was to set up and frame Trump and the Trump supporters. That's what it was to do. That was the whole point. And, and this is the scary part because some people go, okay, well, there were some right-wing groups that were involved and then they were actually like breaking the, through the barricades and they went in the Capitol and, and whatnot. And here's what, what the real underlying problem here is, is anytime, this is a scary thing that's been going on in America and it's not just recent. It's been going on for a while. Anytime there's like a grassroots movement organization that starts to gain power and influence and they can um, make differences and and garner attention the fbi runs co-intel pro operations and what do they do they try to get undercover fbi agents within these grassroots organizations Mm -hmm. they try to then compromise some of the people in there um, and, and, and it's easy to try to compromise someone with, oh, hey, yeah, come just, you know, what? hey, I've got a buddy and he can just sell you a gun or, hey, I, I've got this or, you know, like, and, and people are just like, oh, okay, you know, like, 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 they don't think that this is a setup or a trap, right? And the next thing you know, you know, they get compromised by the FBI and then the FBI is like, all right, we could charge you with this, that and the other, but instead we're going to offer you to be an informant for the FBI. And then they go, okay, they take the deal. Next thing you know, they're working with the FBI within their own you know, group that they're part of, and they're framing up the people around them, and they're doing the bidding of the FBI. So um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the FBI's that. involvement is on January 6th. Yeah, and I remember with um, Caitlin Bennett, you went at her on Twitter, and she laughed at you. Oh, you think, like, their FBI, um, what'd she say? It? Well, um, what it was was um, we had had some private conversations with her about, um, you know, I, I had, Gavin and I had concerns after Charlottesville that there were some serious um, infiltrations of some of these groups. And one of the groups that we were concerned about was Proud Boys. That's right. not to say that all the like people out there who joined up with the Proud Boys were FBI were, yeah, agents exactly. or FBI uh, informants. No, absolutely not. The majority of people in the groups typically are just regular people. It's that the leadership gets compromised. People high up around the leaders get compromised. 
And some of the people in the groups are FBI agents that are undercover. And so what soon happens is the group starts to get take down, uh, take turns down certain directions that fit the narrative, which think of it this way. You have all this this um, these groups appearing with the media narrative to be extremists, blah, 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 blah. More funding for the FBI, more work for them. Right. They're justifying their own paychecks. Um, but. It, we were concerned, genuinely concerned because of conversations I'd had with certain people in the conservative movement um, because of what we experienced in Charlottesville mm-hmm. when literally a guy came up to Gavin and was like, hey, I just want to let you know that a bunch of us guys here who are part of this right wing uh, march here, we actually re- uh, had got rolled up by the FBI. And some of them, yeah, we're wor- some of us are working uh, as informants now for the FBI. And he was trying to like you know, tell Gavin what was going on in the middle of all the fighting and chaos. And Gavin's right. like, well, hold on, let me record. He's like, hold on, let me do an interview with you. Cause I was like, I'm not going in the middle of all the fighting. Cause this is insane. I'm going to go back up over by the medic tent. Right. It was getting right. too crazy. He right. went proud. He's like, okay, hold on. He puts the camera up and he holds the mic to the guy. Okay. Tell me about it. He's like, yeah. So blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, uh, a guy comes out of nowhere with like mm-hmm. a face covering and pepper sprays Gavin directly in the face, just runs oh. up on him, pepper sprays him directly in the face, eyes, everything. Gavin was like blinded. He couldn't see. Oh, no. um, people had to help him get to the medic tent and he was like in severe pain. And he like, he literally was blind for like 30 minutes afterward. Like he couldn't see. Yeah, well, so- it's not just them though. You know, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's, there's good people that have been thrown in jail now because they followed. It's kind of like when you're at a concert, right? Like a mosh pit, you just get all, you know, excited over it and you just walk in. A lot of people were dragged into these things, right? not knowing. It's entrapment. I mean, if the FBI is behind this and they're setting people up and they're egging these things on to happen, it's entrapment. It's wrong. It's illegal. It should not be happening. And yeah, it's like the, the kidnapping of Whitmer, right? They found one vulnerable guy and the rest of them were feds. It's like, right. You know, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are follower ment- mentality. I mean, everyone's at the Capitol cheering, waving flags, you know, all nice and everything. And then somebody was like, come on, let's go. And then they get all heated. And if they're not, people are like, yeah, you know, no, I have a day job. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm going to step away. And they're like hot headed, or maybe they had a beer or maybe they smoked a joint on the way down, you know, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But suddenly they're in the Capitol and that's it. Like Ashley Babbitt, for example right? She was shot unarmed. That was intentional. That so, was so one of the weird. things, uh, back to the whole Caitlin Bennett thing, one of the things that, um, I feel like was detrimental to this information getting out inside the conservative movement so that we could have all had a heads up right, and looked out for this type of issue, um, was that, yeah, yeah. Like I was attacked a lot I know she mocked you and she was like, you just think everyone's a fed because, and and then they were talking about Federica, which turned out to be. Yeah. So first she attacked me saying, oh yeah, you just think everyone's a fed. And that's not true. I don't think everyone's a fed. I was concerned about certain organizations, the Proud Boys, which later turned out Enrique Tario Mm -hmm. was an FBI informant or whatever. Right. Because the FBI went is had his own handler. Um, right from what FBI I know yeah. yeah and and so I was attacked by a couple different people over that whole thing on on and it was like how dare you question any of these right-wing groups are you a liberal are you a leftist for questioning these right-wing groups and it's like no but hey 
if there's something going on, don't you think we want to know? Don't you right. think this could be detrimental? Mm-hmm. Like, no, hey. You know, no, but here's the thing. Like, for example, I tell people, right, and we've had this conversation before, you know, bottom line is they're going to nail Trump based on Akbar and Jones. And, you know, obviously, I think Alex Jones was just handled and misdirected. Right. right. Ali Akbar was the proximity. I mean, he made himself relevant. Like he even explained it on an interview somewhere. Right. Where he's like, you know, you just say and you use somebody else's platform and you're like, yeah, we're together or whatever. And, uh, you know, because he stole the Stop the Steal movement. Like on November 4th, the girls created a group called Stop the Steal. Facebook bandit, like New York Times literally wrote an article about it. And almost instantly the next day, um, Ali Akbar created his own. And then he took everything they did and pasted it on his page. And, um, you know, Alex Jones was complaining that Ali Akbar owed him money from January 6th, right? On Pete Santilli's show, right? So it's like, I think that they attach themselves to Alex Jones, one, because he has money, two, because he's someone that, you know, the, the deep state wants to eliminate completely. Because he was talking about all this stuff from years ago, right? So I think he was kind of misled and you know he was handled the wrong way and right now they are hammering him but you know in 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 all fairness he was warned i know i told him i'm just saying um yeah i don't know i just think he was set up honestly well you know uh, i warned him you know you know i even said and i uh, you said um, okay so you're saying you said there's going to be a storming of the Capitol on June. No, I didn't. I said the people that are working with you are fucking feds. Okay. I told him that. I said, right. Rob Dew is going to be your demise. They're going to tie you up in a bone. I don't know what it's going to be. And I told him that over the phone. Right. Myself, Which when you were in jail. Right. I told him that. And the thing is, you know, uh, after you were rolled up, he fired you. And then Akbar literally came out a couple weeks ago when he was interviewed by J6, totally upset about me. He was like, fat people in Ohio. So obviously my name came up at the J6 committee, right? And so then he started going on about how, you know, Roger Stone was deplatformed. So he felt the need to go after you and me. And then he changed it. You know, he was saying that, you know, satanic, this, 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 all the, the same bullshit, right? That was wrapped up at that time. Um, and he actually admitted it. And I know for a fact that Alex Jones was told by Roger Stone to fire you. So the question is like, you know, was that done erroneously? You know, how was that done? And, you know, maybe they've just, you know, like you said, they entrapped him then and, and they put him in that box and it's his fault because he could always speak up. He's got an audience, right? He could always say, look, they're blackmailing me or they're doing something. Well, we don't know. Look, look, we don't know. We're not going to look. I'm saying it. I think so. I think so. I have a photo that says different. This is what right. I say. Right. You may not say it, but I have no problem saying it because if someone says, oh, I'll be like, well, then why was this picture dropped? And suddenly he changed his tune. So this is it. Uh, Alex Jones has been, you know, surrounded by people. And because he makes so much money, they have, you know, put him there. And Akbar was the only piece they needed to create this proximity with the president. And that was the problem. He would pop up behind people and stand behind them. He would say that he was doing all this shit when he wasn't. Remember, he was the first one to say, let's storm the Capitol in Georgia. Akbar did that in Georgia before, um, you know, 
this whole plan thing, he was down in Georgia and he took Alex Jones with him. He was like, let's storm the Capitol, right? He did that. It was Akbar that did it all. So now, you know, Alex Jones is in a lot of trouble, right? And all the people around him are like hands off now. And, and they're letting him sink. And, and this is how it's going. And the January 6th committee has gotten everything from top to bottom, especially from the people that were organizing the events, from the women from Trump, from Jennifer, from Dustin, from everything. And now they're coming full circle on, let's talk about Dominion. Like, we want to know about, like, questions they asked were direct questions of shit that I put in my affidavit. So this is where it gets crazy. Why is January 6th, right? And, and Akbar was federally charged with some crimes. So. Yeah, he was. And he sat there for eight hours, right? And now, the, did you see that the Capitol Police are charging him with the KKK statute? No. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's freaking crazy. So the 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 thing is that right now, though, the January 6th committee is no longer looking at Anything that has to do with the insurrection for the new people they subpoenaed, what they're doing is, um, you know, they're now asking questions about the elections. So the question is, why are they now asking questions about the election and specific questions about Dominion machines, right, rather than the January 6th? So, you know, I'm just going to hypothetically put this out there. I know it sounds super crazy, right? And tell me what you think. But what if the J6 committee since no one sees them and everything's under lock and seal. And it seems like it's going from people going into the Capitol to now asking detailed questions about Dominion machines. Maybe it's just a front for an actual investigation. I doubt it. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd put it out there. It just seems a little bit was then they'd probably subpoena me to tell to talk to them about what we saw with the zoom chats and they'd be subpoenaing people inside the zoom chats and i know for a fact they aren't so there's no way in hell that it's a legit investigation right i'm not saying that it's a legit investigation i'm saying what if it's a front for an actual investigation like because you know like there maybe be an investigation people. into who's there could be an investigation into the false investigation could that's what I'm trying to say. So it could be that you, if you got a subpoena to go testify to grand jury, could you tell me? No, yeah. no, you can't. Well, it's, it's all over the news whenever anyone. Well, no, if it's a secret, no, if you get subpoenaed to go testify at a grand jury, you're not allowed to tell people that you're testifying at a grand jury. Well, I haven't been. Yeah. Well, you know, even if you did, you can't tell. That's what I'm trying to say. So there could be something happening that other people aren't seeing because now this, you know, new subpoena about Hunter's businesses are coming out. So I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm speculating here. Right. 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 Um, and you know, the thing that I'm seeing also is, is that they're going hard on tech, right? They want more communications, uh, you know, uh, put together. There's some new legislation, obviously that we heard earlier in the show with, um, Grassley pointing out. So the question is, so we have the J6 committee asking weird questions that aren't directly related to people breaking down barriers and cops waving people in, right? They're asking other questions, right? Then we have the people that actually went and spoke, people like Ali Akbar, but nobody else that's important really spoke, right? Which says a lot right there. And then we have you being attacked 
by BlackBerry, who QNX is their subsidiary, like their company, that's suing you guys for trademark. But I hear from birds that they're under investigation because they had something to do with the software with the ventilators. Yep. Right. So if we have QNX that was responsible for Wi-Fi or maybe hackable ventilators, and I know a lot of my listeners have lost loved ones that are asking for this, and you have suddenly, you know, these weird devices coming out just as you're about to release. And people think that you and I may be communicating from these secure devices, right? Because while you were showcasing this device, the website was hacked, but the device they couldn't hack, right? I'm just pointing some stuff out, right? What does that all tell you in the controls of communication? From J6 to Dominion to ventilators and quicks. I'm just saying. And then we have Bergy that was the one talking to Will Somner at the Daily Beast about your quicks device just before you got a hit piece. Right. Right. And who, by the way, today happened to have a long conversation to help Dominion because apparently all the conservatives sound like the liberals for four years crying because we can't accept an election. Not to mention there were some articles that were speculating that QNX, the operating system that not only runs in ventilators, uh, runs in vehicles, most vehicles. You mean the vehicles that crash? Absolutely. There we go. Michael Hastings vehicle, apparently. Mm -hmm. And you can look up QNX in the WikiLeaks Vault 7 and find a lot of really interesting documents there. Yeah. And that's, and that's, what's really curious. And so now we're starting to see people coming out as the, the crunch is coming in. Does that make sense? Like right now they're like, yeah, Nancy Pelosi's off limits. Then we have people that you thought was fighting for America siding with the other side saying, no, no, no. Let me tell you what's going on. Cause I know, listen to me. They're like literally flipping on Americans left and right. And people that you thought were with America are not. And people that you thought were not for America are actually for America. And this is all kind of coming out in a, in a flip-flop system. It's almost like, you know, this is the land of confusion. But they're talking devices, insurrection, dominion. And the question is, what is the link between that? What's the links between quicks, right? Devices like ventilators, cars, phones. All having operating systems in them that are QNX operating systems. Oh my gosh. So what would J6 have to do with QNX? Is the question. Because you've got a trifecta here that it's all circling around the same thing. So it would be... And do you remember how many nurses and doctors were like, you know, freaking out ventilators and and they're like what's going on and they were actually blaming each other like i remember a nurse coming out on tiktok during that time period saying you know other other nurses are just not running the ventilators properly and people are just dying this is murder that you know and she was blaming it on the incompetence of some of these other nurses and doctors but meanwhile these ventilators were having had a vulnerability a massive vulnerability and easily hacked, just like right. they the car. What is it? Was it Kemp's or Raffensburg's son-in-law that his car just went berserk? And Michael Hastings and other cars, right? 
that right. happen all the time. So it's 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 kind of weird. Uh, so it's it's looking like we're seeing all the traders show themselves. I mean, I was shocked personally. I was shocked to find out that that Patrick Berge was talking with you know um, uh, Daily Beast. Like, why is he talking about right. your? What, what, why are we talking to them? That's weird because, and we didn't know it was him. It was that, um, they had said, oh, we, we talked with a, a quicks, a former disgruntled quicks programmer or developer or something. He wasn't a developer. No, or he, wasn't. he doesn't and know so, how to fucking do anything. Right. So I'm we're like, him. what is going on? Who is this person? Like, and, and then I think that was when he was like, you know, Gavin brought it up to him and he said, oh yeah, that was me. I talked to them. And we're like, what, huh? Like, yeah, but, but you know, I, I tested him. Remember, I had asked him, hey, I need help in finding location. I didn't, you know, I want you to pull IP information on these emails. He didn't know what to do first, right? And he didn't have anything to do with Quick. So that was just a really weird situation. Well, it's funny um, because the time that he spoke with them, right, just a little while around that time or a little bit before that, he actually sent me an email asking me to ask people to fund an IIA operation, something that he's totally against, of course, right? And I actually posted those texts and I made them public, as you know. And he wasn't very, very happy about it, but that pushed him to show the world exactly who he is because he was always talking about things. You know that he came out talking about my North Dakota attorney general case like he just found out about it, Millie? Right, and he la he laughed at you when you got in a car accident and, and yeah. then literally the same day like, he was right. like, oh, please pray for AOC. She has COVID. We should all have humanity. And then he laughed at me. But the, the right. thing is, he's the one that's pretending he has no idea about this North Dakota attorney general case. And he's pretending that he just found this revelation. How untrue is that? How unfucking true is it that he's unpacking my case and saying, look at all this shit? Yeah, he knew about all that. Stuff. He knew all about it. And he actually walked me through as to, oh, you know, it was like this. It's like I already knew what they were doing, right? But he was like, you know, he felt bad for me. And he was like, you know, they're just hacking your shadow, all of this. And now he's pretending like it's a revelation. He's even telling people, Millie's scared of Tori. That's why they're friends again. I kid you not. He's making these statements. And it's like, I'm sorry, you were the dude that came to me begging me to ask my friend to use my personal friendship with Patrick Byrne to ask him to invest in an IIA operation that you supposedly had laid out. Yet he's telling people he wants to give the truth. It's, it's the most bizarre thing. And I'm seeing all of this coming out right now. And what's happening right now? My damn Dominion case is going forward and my media matters and my Huffington Post. But here's the thing. Like I keep saying, though, Tori, look, it's sad when people go down these destructive paths. OK, but here's the reality. I've got more important things to focus on. And so do you. We're actually trying to do something to help our country. We're like, look at the actions. Talk is cheap. OK, mm -hmm. what yeah. actions are the people in these various movements or online, what are the actions they're actually taking? Are they making actions and steps to find solutions and to, to, you know, do something about the attacks that are happening? No, they're not. The or no. are they just sitting there Itching. whining and complaining and trying to, you know, tear other people down, you know, that are actually trying to do something. So it's just, Look, I think we focused enough time on that. Let's move on. Yeah, to yeah. And, it, and it's very, it's, I'm going to say, I'm just finding it very curious, right? 
that right now that my case is going forward, uh, you know, all of this is coming to the surface, right? Everything is coming to the surface. We've got the J6 committee turning up a notch and asking about Dominion rather than J6 events, right? So it's like, what is their scope? What is their MO? Aren't they supposed to be saying, oh, we're doing this to make sure it doesn't happen again. So why, why are we talking about election machines? Right. We right. are. Yeah, they, they've, they've I'm shifted everything right. to not on election machines. Right. Look at how they can control the narrative. Right. But that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. That the timing is really weird that J6 was looking at all this stuff and they charge people with sedition. Like, what the hell? That's never been used. And that's so hard to prove as well. Right. So that's number one. Number two, they've changed their scope. Their scope is this. They're not, you know, doing anything. And now they changed it to Dominion now that I actually have a defamation suit that nobody can bypass because we're talking facts. Right. So we have that in the mix. And then we have someone that I had brought close to us that I had said was a problem. Right. Who suddenly is talking to Dominion and giving them all the information they could see. And you know what he thinks? You know what he was telling people that he was invited to D.C. by someone special. Who was the one that invited him? Who got him into? I got him into all the events, didn't I? Every single one of them. Right. And so uh, why? He was there. He was collecting information. I was collecting information, right? And the bottom line is now he is now on the Dominion side. He is against America too. So now we're starting to see the wheat separate from the chaff. Just as this point, because today is a huge day. Today, someone so rightly said in my group, I guess the people from the presidential Obama libraries will just scan everything and put it on a searchable database because they've probably been inundated with a million requests. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it may surpass like the 1 million requests. I want Obama's birth certificate, right? <laughs> I know they're doing that, but all of this just happened today. All of that just happened. Right. Uh, J6 flipped, you know, all these people are coming and changing. Suddenly we're seeing that there was a subpoena from, you know, 2019 about Hunter Biden's businesses. Suddenly we're seeing the, the, the left-wing media kind of not like Biden anymore. Suddenly we're seeing a shift, almost like the same shift we saw on election night. Remember when I said, right. we're not watching Fox News. We're going to watch CNN because they'll be more honest, Right. It's suddenly there's this shift and, you know, things are kind of changing and people are like really pessimistic. But at the same time, while they have us focusing on all those good shifts or bad shifts, shit's happening in Europe. That's insane. You know, uh, England just decided no more Vax passports, no this, no that, right? Davos is coming, you know, full speed ahead. I mean, there's war in Russia and then Turkey. Nobody's talking about it, but they're kind of out of the picture and they're getting reamed. I mean, there's something cooking and I just can't put my finger on it. And in the meantime, we don't have access to communications either. Like we don't have secure communications. You and me are talking right now, but this can be removed from everywhere by oh, the overlords. Yeah, they could shut us all off of their devices. I mean, they could. They could do it. Uh, it's only a matter of time. I mean, why on earth? Look, we see all these like Apple phones with the fingerprint ID, retina scanning. Why would you need retina scanning and fingerprint ID in a phone? Like, sure, like, ooh, it's a cool technology. All the like tech nerds get, go, you know, drool over it. But in a practical sense, that's a 
pretty advanced feature and it costs a lot of money. So what are they wanting everyone to have these smartphones with these uh, biometric scanners and, and whatnot in them? Well, I mean, we're seeing businesses and restaurants starting to police people people over their biometric information, right? With vaccine passports and have you been vaccinated? How many boosters have you had? Um, yeah, but there, I'm going to tell the world, I'm sorry, Millie, I'm going to, uh, listen, guys, I'm going to tell you something. And Millie might be upset with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. So let's pretend my Twitch video is on here and um, I put it on my portal on Quicks. I'm going to be straight with you, right? Every time you watch my, my, my video on YouTube, for example, YouTube can follow you and see your analytics. But if you're watching my YouTube video from Millie's, from the Quicks, right? From the portal, right? Tori says portal. YouTube can't see that you're viewing the video. Yep. You can't so, see. So they can't see that you're watching something. That's their problem because I've told you that Google is the CIA, right? So this is what I want you guys to understand. The problem is when they can't see that you're watching anything, they lose control of what your interests are. And so I, I just wanted to ping. I know you're upset with me for saying it, right? But yes. I have to. There's no cookies, no algorithms, no trace. And I can have a video on there that says, you know, uh, lighter XYZ, right? It's red. And it could be just a video of a lighter, you know, going, right? And nobody, it'll have zero views. And, and, and millions of people would have watched it on my portal, but they can't you know, YouTube can't see it. That means the CIA can't see it. That means Clearforce can't work. And means- you could also give it a name, like when you have to put a name for a video that could literally just be like like a random numbers and letters and a description, random numbers and letters. And then you can keep the video private to where it never sees the light of day on YouTube. And then you could just attach it into your portal and literally you're you're using their services in a way but they can't see anything you're looking at or anyone and the thing is so you guys you know i was telling million gavin a long time ago how i could watch idiots talk on xbox right and i was like you know they're so stupid they use xbox but the reason that they do that and i think someone else mentioned it to you while you were in florida and that cued the memory right um it's a device to device discussion and it usually stays on that server so you could watch people having private conversations on Etsy servers, on Xbox servers, like in game chat, and they could be talking about, you know, war strategies or um, stealing elections or setting up President Trump for the Russia hoax or, you know, talking to Christopher Steele. These are just random statements I'm making, right? Of course, allegedly, right? But the one thing that that we are missing is uh, direct communication. And that's something that BlackBerry used to have, if you remember, right? BlackBerry used to have pin-to-pin messaging, which means it didn't need um, airwaves to send a text message. And if you remember correctly, just a couple weeks ago, BlackBerry decided that they are no longer updating BlackBerry phones for the original S. Did you know that? Yes. Which means, which means maybe, because I heard from a little bird that there's an active investigation going on into BlackBerry's business QNX because of the ventilators, right? Right. But this is where the problem is. They nixed the pin-to-pin messaging that the government always used. 
And now what they are really concerned about, and I think this is why they're really upset, because I'm pretty sure, like, if someone was to ask me who Will Somner is, right? <laughs> I would say he's a dude that when he hears Q, he foams at the mouth, you know? Right, right. Um, and he's an asset. I can almost, like, I would say, you know, I will do the dishes in 20 people, random homes every day if he hasn't been tapped by the agency. Like, there's no way. Like, this guy is, he should be wearing a sign that says, I have, like, like Hannity, he should wear a CIA pin just right there on his lapel. So, um, he is going hard. He called you guys frauds that you're not making anything, right? Right. Um, he said it's a joke that you guys were just going to make money. And then they stifled you guys to be able to get funds. Right, for- right. They made it so that the Indiegogo, their hit pieces were targeted the day before the Indiegogo campaign was closing and they were supposed to then uh, release the funds uh, shortly thereafter. But because of the hit pieces, uh, like from a bunch of these left wing outlets all at the same time, it was Gizmodo and Daily Beast and some other like YouTube bloggers that do tech reviews. They all did the same talking points and did a hit and said that this was fraud. It was a scam. And then they directed their audience like, yeah, and go, go check out the Indiegogo page. Go look at it. So they directed their trolls there. And then next thing you know, Indiegogo says, oh, well, we need to, you know, do a review and we need all this documentation. We need, you know. Yeah, they were asking you questions. I, guys, uh, I'm sorry, you don't have to say it, but I actually nosy as I am. I looked through all of it and I was just like, holy shit, the questions that Indiegogo were asking him, I kid you not, was on the lawsuit that QNX had filed against him. It's like almost as if Indiegogo were um, doing interrogations for another company and it seems like maybe they're in cahoots with these tech they they were like we want to know where your factory your your manufacturing you like we want to know like all this information and we want you to sense blueprints and a proof of you know concept and a prototype and they wanted all this stuff i'm like really like you guys could have asked this earlier if this was something you had to have right um, but they not- didn't have to have it that's why they let it go right but, you and know. So we had to have our lawyers contact them and threaten them and then finally um it wasn't even until like um the first like towards the end of the first week in october they said okay fine we'll we'll release the funds after our lawyer sent a really scathing letter and then it was like six weeks after that that they finally released the funds and they didn't even release all the funds they released partial funds. So it really put us back because then what happened was um, we were we had scheduled everything so that we would have been before the Black Friday and Christmas rush. Right? Yeah, but then we had the embargo and yeah. they didn't give you your money for it. So how are you going to do it? So then they just pandered even more. Right. And they call, caused that delay. They caused the delay. It was like this. They did the hit piece to say it was a scam, to say it was all this bullshit ahead of time like cart before the horse cost you money and lawyers cost the problem to to cause the very problem so that then people would be like what's going on what's with the delay oh maybe they're right maybe it is a scam maybe it is phony baloney it's like they attacked us so hard okay and then biden biden's shipping delays screwed everything up too i mean the whole thing you know this country's going to hell in a handbasket but shipping has been insane and because of during the Christmas time period, look, you know, we're, we're, we've been trying to get these boxes out to people as soon as we could, but 
the Christmas problems with, with shipping and everything else and truckers being laid off. And it wasn't just that, because if you right. would have gotten your orders in when they would have paid you, it would have been fine. So they absolutely actually did that. So you can fix. They caused damages. No, they did that on yeah. purpose. And the, and the funny thing is, it's going to be funny to see in discovery, I guess, you know, it may come up because, you know, the daily beast did do hit pieces on me, you know, media matters. Do you know? Oh my gosh. So this is how they work. Okay. You know how those trolls did those videos on you guys? So, so check this out, you know, uh, and it's not to give credence to anything, but you know how Bergie, um, talk shit. Well, he has people that talk shit with him. Well, one person that talks shit with Bergie talked to another person that talks shit about me. And that person actually got in touch with media matters. And the funny thing is I have all that paper trail. See, they use influencers or these, um, pocket things to attack people. And, um, that's exactly what they did to you. They use these leftist tech people, uh, leftist tech. I mean, is it Gizmodo, TechCrunch, you know, all of them, they all talk to each other so they can deploy whatever. I actually am turning over to the FBI next week. I'm waiting for my lawyers because I'm an unruly client to tell them who was responsible for the hack for Twitch. And I think I got down to the bottom of it. And because it seems that Twitch was hacked, but I was the only one who was smeared. And it happened to be Media Matters got that information directly from the person that I believe was responsible for the Twitch hack that happens to be frequenting, um, you know, uh, <laughs> contractors, websites. Isn't it interesting so, how they always have these tech glitches or I hacks and just so happen to release information, but it's always targeted. It's targeted directly to you, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't like what you're doing. Right? And they, they don't understand why. I mean, if they're pro America, why wouldn't they like what I'm doing? Of course, they're not pro America. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the like, since when are all these Silicon Valley like tech people really pro America? Let's get it straight. They're a bunch of communists mm -hmm. that you know. Are, are little dictator tyrants of their own kind um, that they, they don't want American people to have these technologies. They just want to be, they want to act like Kings where they can hack and do whatever they want and, and kick people off platforms and out people and whatever else in whatever way they want to embarrass people. And it, it's, it's messed up. Well, you know, they're upset. I mean, I, I remember when Media Matters tried to do that hit piece on me, it was actually a fluff piece. How dare she tell people that they have rights, right? If, <laughs> if there's one thing I'll say to conservative parents that love America, if you're homeschooling your children, which I'm homeschooling my son now and, and he's better off for it, right? Get your kids into tech. Mm -hmm. Raise up American children that love God and love our country and teach them tech. We need to have tech-savvy children that can, you know, go face-to-face -face with these other tech kids that are being programmed with progressive ideologies and communism. Okay, we can't be, can't be too crazy where we're just, you know, having our kids live farm children lives and not learning these important, valuable skills because then we really will have these, um, these Silicon Valley progressive communists just ruling over us and running roughshod with their technologies. Well, we need a lot of good uh, ethical hackers. You know, there's very few of uh, us around, right? You saw that in DC too. Very few were ethical. Absolutely. And and that's the problem that we don't have ethical hackers that, you know, can 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 you know, take it back and say, you know, that's not right. I won't do it. And we should teach our children 
um, you know, how to, how to code. I mean, you know, my yeah. eldest, she got her math degree and now she's, you know, she's great at writing algorithms on paper. So hopefully she'll translate that on digital. Right. right. And, and, and we should get them interested because, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, not unfortunately, it's a, it's a, it's a double edged sword. Technology can, is supposed to help us not replace us. Right. It can be, technology can be used as a tool to free us and better our lives and help us all. Or it can be used as a, as a way to enslave us and control us in every way, you know, no privacy, nothing. Right. And and that's the way it is. I mean, you know, um, I, I'm just saying, Millie, the, now that all the, the, the devices have been, you know, sent out, because you know what's funny? I remember we were, uh, <laughs> we were together in another state. Um, and you guys got a picture from your warehouse in Texas, right? Right. Yep. Um, with all your devices Yep. that just arrived, the first edition ones. Yes. And um, suddenly you post it and then somebody else posts a picture identical to that. Yeah. Literally a couple hours later, um, the people posted almost an identical picture on their, um, Twitter account. And it's like, almost like I, I told you that (laughs) I was like, I know I'm not going to say the machines between (laughs) us in the weirdest way. Yeah. I know. I know. And you know, um, I, you know, for anyone that's, um, for those that got the first Quix devices, you might be confused how to use it today. Actually, I was hoping to drive down, um, uh, to Millie, but the weather, you know, I, it's like, I wasn't going really, to see. Yeah. I very didn't safe. Yeah. It was like eight degrees, but what I want you guys to know is that when you get them, if you don't know what to do, I'm actually going to have Millie videotape me using it so you can see how to sign on and how to do it step by step. The only time we're going to hide it is when I put my password in right? because I haven't done anything for that reason. Because I think, you know, if I could just have her behind me tape it, um, you know, you guys can see how and what, cause I'll ask all the dumb questions. Um, cause I've seen a lot of walkthrough videos, no offense. Right. Cause I've been trying to learn like programs and, you know, there's people that are like, you know, usually they're Indian. <laughs> I was trying to learn like Adobe, um, premiere and it was like, I was like, damn, this really sucks. Right. Cause no one's walking me through it. It's like some Indian guy or whatever. Right. right. And it's not making sense. It would be so much easier if there was a guy, you know, standing behind the dude showing like, Oh, and then what do I do? You know, like a conversation. Right. So, you know, I wanted to do that one so it can be like super transparent on how it's done and two, how, you know, you could just see how, uh, you know, how good it is or it isn't right. People should see it real time live. Right. Right. So I'm like in, and I'm not going to use it on a TV. I'm going to use it on a monitor because I know a lot of people are going to be putting it on their monitors. Right. And for those of you that have, um, pads, um, I don't know, but there's like, um, converters, that you can actually um, get. So you can put it on, you know, a portable pad or something. I mean, we can try that out because I'll bring some. Right. But you guys left my portable monitor at that other place. Yeah. At you know who's. Yeah. 
So we got to take another trip back to Florida. No, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, we do actually though. But um, uh, rather than us like do, I, I think it's better than like Zoom training calls because when you know the shit and you're showing people, it makes no sense. So when people are actually on it, they can actually see it. So we can actually work with it with a monitor. All you have to do is plug it in. It right. doesn't have to be a television set. And, but here's the thing also. Um, most people in America have a TV. Okay. No. Yeah, I know. But fuck most the TV. People like, I they have these big, beautiful, high resolution, nice TVs, and they rarely ever use it. Why? Because most of the stuff they can watch is either cable TV or it's some like Netflix, Hulu garbage. Okay. Um, we're going to change that. With yeah, the no, but see, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I have my TV. I watch things, right? But I can't use that shit to fucking, you know, scroll through stuff. I'm just saying, like, me as a me. And I know there's a lot of people that are like that, too. They don't even own TVs. So, um, you know, a lot. some people use the TV. Some people don't, right? I, I think it's because I'm blind. I like to have shit right up in my face. You're probably it, blind because you yeah. have shit up in your face all day, every day. Like, yeah. I can tell you firsthand my eyes have been just destroyed by these phones. Always having the phone right in your face, like two, three inches from your face, it blows out your vision and your eyes. Like my, I know my eye, my vision has gone to hell because of it. And then I'll be sitting there and I'm like watching almost like a, a movie type video or something, a long documentary on YouTube or something. And I'm like, why am I watching this on my phone? Like I should, I'm, I'm actually straining my eyeballs I've got a TV, you know, and, and I just really think it's because most of these uh, TVs, it's very limited on selection. They don't really have good user interfaces. Um, it's also yeah. the television. People have been programmed to relate the television with just a lean back experience where they're just they're passively watching and they're not actually engaging um, with the Quix TV box. It's entirely different because it's it's integrating television with social media. So you'll be able to engage in the live chats, comment, um, you know, fully engage like social media with, uh, let's just say this, imagine this, imagine you hook up a webcam, right? To your Quicks box and you're uh -huh. sitting in your living room watching a, a sports game, right? And you have the webcam pointed toward you and your family sitting on the couch watching the, the game and you're doing a watch party on Quicks in a port, a private portal with your other family members. And they're all having webcams with their Quicks boxes and their living room. And you guys are literally all watching a game together and watching each other, watch a game together and cheering and having fun and dancing and doing whatever, you know, like that's the capability here where we're talking about people actually experiencing television in a different way, but it's not just television from like a cable perspective. It's television from like a, you get to pick your own channels and you guys get to create your own television channels, your own portals. And not only can the portal have your live streams and video content and movies, whatever videos you make, it can also have, um, podcasts, music posts like Twitter type or article type posts. Um, it can have, uh, uh like, what was it? Um, merchandise. So you could actually sell products, hats, shirts, whatever, you know, and it's, it's a really just interesting, unique thing because even when you're sh shopping in the, the e-commerce 
portion of the portal universe, um, you're experiencing online shopping in a different way to where when you're scrolling across the different thumbnails of the products, it's actually playing um, like a, a review type or ad video in the on the big screen, if that makes sense. Kind of, hmm. you know, when you scroll through like Netflix or something, you'll see a video start playing right before you actually click on it. You right. would see the ad or the review of the product or the video of the product start playing before you actually click on it and you'll be experiencing it in a different way. It's just, it's really interesting. Well, you know, I just find it interesting that they're concerned about communications they can't see. And I think that's noteworthy and important. Um, I know, I know that um, everyone's getting put my clothing boutique on a portal. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm just example. saying. Yeah, but they can't see what clothes you like. <laughs> no, they can. Yeah. Because the thing is, is you could create your own clothing boutique portal and you could take videos of yourself modeling the dresses or a model modeling the dresses. And, you know, and those could be your your videos on your portal, but also merchandise you're selling directly on your portal. Right. Well, well, you know, people are getting them this week. So we'll do the walkthrough video. And I think there's like I think you had extras out. So that's good. Um I'm I'm extremely concerned because there's a lot of this silencing going on, shifting of narratives, traders coming out, you know, and really weird things going on. So, you know, for me, I'm going to say it clear out, you know, I, I spoke to you and I told you, remember I said bad idea to do Indiegogo because they're going to be launching something to counter your device. Right. And so they did launch the same day you launched and you didn't listen and they caused you all this, but I guess in the end, you know, they didn't win. No, so they didn't. We accomplished exactly what we set out to accomplish. We have quicks boxes and they're in the mail um and this is the thing they can't stop what we've created and we are funded 100 percent by the people that's the coolest part i mean aside from like money gavin and i are thrown in or our business partners thrown in i mean really in the grand scheme of things it's funded by the people and so it's a that's good thing i you know stayed away from it because, you know, they know that I have access to another computer. And I think that is a concern, a very big concern. And so, you know, I just thought it would be great to, you know, get it on because it's going to take a while to expand it out. The people that get these boxes are the ones that are going to be expanding it out. So it's going to be quite interesting now. And if you guys are interested in getting a Quicks box, um, you can actually buy um, and pre-order your Quicks boxes on Quicks.tv. Um, so it's off Indiegogo now. Yeah, it's off. We we've got we've done away. We don't need Indiegogo anymore. We have our own website up and our own payment processor. And you guys can actually go onto Quicks.tv. And directly um, purchase your boxes there. And you, when you guys purchase those boxes, you're helping Quicks continue to grow and continue to fight against big tech. I mean, we're like David and they're like Goliath. So we need. No, no, I think it's the other way around. They just don't see it yet. But um, uh, I wanted to say there. there's somebody asked the question, why would Bergie talk to daily beast if he didn't work as a programmer for quicks 
And, and I just want to say to any of the test pilots um, mm. that might be listening right now, I know it's been hard with the email communications because the email servers have actually been shutting down our ability to communicate. It's really crazy how much they, they can censor even in your, your email with junk boxes and folders. So just make sure you guys are checking your emails. You totally avoided my question. What was your question? I said, they're talking. They were like, they, they want to know why did Bergie talk to Daily Beast or why did they Daily Beast approach Bergie? These are all the questions. I don't know. Um, I'm not a mind reader. Right. If he's, he was never a programmer with Quicks. No, he so, wasn't. No. Okay. So then I mean, why would they why. reach out to him? Why did they reach out? I don't know why. Yeah, That's a good crazy. question. Because Someone should <laughs> ask him that. Like, hey, <laughs> why did they reach out to you? Uh, no, yeah. No, or these are all questions that are coming in. <laughs> and it's like, all right, uh, people are asking if they can buy stock and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if you can see the chat, but unfortunately, it's not available overseas. There are different rules from what I know. But anyway, um, she, she can get into that, um, you know, as the boxes come out, because and I'll probably ask all those questions anyway. Right. I'll ask all those questions anyway. Now, on that note, um, we'll get together at some point. Um, you know, uh, everyone should be praying for everyone fighting for this nation. And it's important that we listen to this motivational video because even though today seems to be uh, a little bit um, sad, but not sad. I mean, we had like a repetitive interview by the president. We had J6 committee flipping the script. We had certain crazy revelations. Uh, we had, you know, my Dominion thing came up today, which is crazy. Uh, we had Twitter going down. Suddenly there's a purge on Twitter again. Which um, is really interesting because yesterday night, literally, and even this morning, it was all just trending about like Biden is the worst president ever. Biden's horrible gaffes from the, the press conference the night before. So everything was like Twitter was taken over by everyone just destroying Biden. And then Twitter just happens to go down for you know a bunch of hours. And and then that's like when you see underneath their their com their tweet where they put that out, everyone's like, Oh, is that why there are all these weird things happening with our feeds and our glitches and, and glitches? And then now you look at the Twitter. And um, you literally see like all this pro Biden stuff on there. It's like Biden hashtag Biden year one wins. So yeah, it's like <laughs> where are the wins? No, but the thing is, Twitter for some reason is constantly going down, and I don't understand why are they going down. Constantly. Probably because when people start going down a way that when people break their little algorithm and start pushing uh, a narrative that that they don't want oops it goes down and then it all gets fixed and comes right back up and now instead of saying hashtag worst president ever it says hashtag biden year one wins i don't know yeah, i don't know like it seems really bizarre because it was down again today we have facebook you know clamoring down we have youtube clamoring down something's in the works and I'm just saying, you know, Telegram is suddenly inundated with trolls. The crypto market is tanking hard. You know, there's a lot going on and uh, it's it's kind of getting weird. And the right media is very repetitive, too. They're right. not they're not saying anything. They're not talking. So 
This is just an observation that today, you know, and obviously today Obama records are open. And, you know, a lot of people are asking questions. I want tarmac stuff. I want emails about this. I want emails about that. And, um, you know, it's all about non-attribution type, you know, discussions. Like I'm seeing it all the time. Any Anytime I post to, um, you know, Telegram, I have to delete the first four messages and ban them because it's usually like words like wow or dot, 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 you know, and they're <laughs> all bots. So we had a super awesome show. Maybe I can skip tomorrow because I got to work on my Dominion case. Um, okay. Tomorrow's Friday, right? Um, yes. Okay. Either Friday or Saturday, which of the days is going to warm up? I'm going to come by so we can do that before everyone gets all their stuff. I don't but- know. I'm trying to figure out whether or not I want to go cover that, um, that March in DC. I don't, know. That- I don't know. You can't go in without a COVID passport, by the way. Into the entire DC area or just into, I thought it was just into restaurant. No, I think it's the entire DC area. Like you won't be able to fly in, except if you go to DCA, which is considered Virginia, but then they might do something. Well, you know me, Tori, with flying. Like, I hate yeah. flying. I'd rather drive. Um, I, <laughs> I get so scared. Yeah, I was supposed to be flying. Um, I was supposed to be flying um, tomorrow, but I'm not. I've got other things. And when we flew on. recently to Florida, we had so much turbulence on the plane. Like, you know what? <laughs> you know what's bad when people are screaming? They're like, ah! <laughs> they're like ah, screaming and stuff and i wasn't even screaming although i felt like i was gonna faint because i was freaked out um and i'm just you like those, I'm just I, like you got the weird ones right, i'm just like squeezing the heck out of gavin's hand and i'm like is this normal and he's like yes i'm like is this normal <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm like are you sure is this normal because well, gavin's a pilot, pilot license yeah, yeah so he, he, he got his pilot license at Embry-Riddle, so he knows all about flying and everything. So he's all totally calm, but I always freak out when there's a bunch of turbulence. So yeah. I've been on some pretty scary flights, okay? I would totally say stay away from the DC area. I'm just saying because, um, one, that, and two, protests. I mean, I get people DMing me all the time. Hey, can you organize your groups? I just got another one today. We want to do a thing about mask mandates. We want to protest. And it's like, dude, that's where you fail. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I don't organize anything. Like, why do people keep saying that? Like, uh, the people tell me what the fuck to do. I don't tell anyone what to do. <laughs> so it's like, it makes zero sense. And everyone's pushing these, you know, let's do this, let's do that. They're aching for another one of these things. And that's because things are about to go sideways for everybody. You know, we've got SCOTUS coming. We've got a lot coming in the pipeline. And there's lawsuits you know, like the one with the Hunter Biden stuff, you know, there's a subpoena. A subpoena comes from an investigation or civil suit, right? So there's like lawsuits that people don't know is coming and they are aching to cause trouble. So I would highly suggest that people stick to filing paperwork, running for office, right? Sending emails, keep calling the people that you voted for and just resist and use your pen. Uh, going up and turning up for protests is going to annihilate anything you do. Uh, so uh, there is stuff coming down the pipeline that people are going to be like, we're going to be super winning. Like there's yeah, going to be. That's the, concern, that's the concern I have with it is like, okay, so they're having a protest in DC. It's a, um, it's a, 
defeat, anti it's defeat the mandate. It's a defeat the mandate. Right. The thing and is, anyone that lives in DC wants the mandates. But but here's the thing: it's not like the same old like proud boys, oath keepers type people. It's it's doctors, it's nurses, it's uh... you know, it's people who are like going to it to to talk about things that they've been banned for talking about, and um, so like the people are le- you know pretty legit people that are going to be speaking at the event. Whether or not they could try to use it in some way, I don't know. I mean, it's always a possibility. But at the same time, do we live our entire lives in fear that we can't ever have a peaceful gathering or protest? Because Well, no, we can't right now. I'm saying we can't right now. With the people that are supposedly in power, we can't right now. And you're saying they're doctors and nurses, but don't forget, those were the evil people making TikTok videos and twerking while people were supposed no, to. No, no, no. These are like truther doctors. These are people who, who they came out and, and because they came out, they had their entire lives like run through the meat grinder. They were completely just, you know, targeted for coming out against COVID vaccines. I don't and know. I don't know. Not say and whatnot. So, so, so the, the, yeah, like the thing is, is look into the background of some of those doctors, like I, whether or not it's a legitimate cause or not, my concern is that, you know, why have it in the middle of the Democrats den, you know, like pick another city, don't pick DC. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, you know? I was actually thinking we should go to Texas to president Trump's rally there. I actually want to go see my Texas people because there's a lot of people in Texas that are part of my groups that are running. So I think that that would be good. But, you know, I'm having the procedures done Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. So I'm hoping that I'll be, you know, presentable to like, you know, be seen in public without looking crazy. And and here's the other thing, though. okay, because I I see a lot of people in the comments are still on about this event and saying, okay, Millie, it's an FBI setup and everything else. I don't know whether it is or not. But here's the thing. What's so bad about me as a journalist going to cover an event, not to participate in an event, okay, but to just cover it? Like when I went to Charlottesville, okay, I just literally went there to cover it. I didn't side with either of the groups that were out there at all whatsoever. Okay. No, I know, but time. And so I, because I was there live streaming, I actually got tons of documented evidence. Yeah, I know you that did. Then was used to destroy the narrative that they were trying to make against President Trump. That it was, you know, just I agree, crazy white supremacists attacking right. people. It wasn't. Millie, I, that was yeah. then. That was then. The the White House just put up a fucking wall in the middle of the lawn. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It may not be everything we see. Like I know that right now until like mid-February, we're going to have super duper wins, right? But they're going to kick our ass from the economy to whatever's coming down the pipeline from the European Union. I'm just saying, I would, I, as your friend, right? As your friend. Uh, you're right. Tori, journalist, I, look, a lot of people, yeah. I, somebody said in here, don't go, Millie, you're a target. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're right. Because yeah. back then I was just like a small time journalist with Charlottesville. I wasn't really a big target. Now right. with what I've been doing with Quicks and all the other stuff that we know about January 6th, Sunrise, Exposed, everything else. Yeah, I, I am a big target. That's what I'm saying. I totally go with you, but mm-hmm. I see other things like why are they putting concrete walls, you know, on the lawn right. of the White House, right? Like why is it happening in D.C. when nobody in D.C. gives a shit? They're all lackeys, Right. 
And that's, and that's a concern that I have. I see a lot of people organizing protests and it's freaking me out because it was like, they just need two idiots in there, right? The only, you need, you have a thousand people. You just need two idiots to fuck shit up. Remember in Utah when they did the whole, you know, red flag laws thing, but John Sullivan was there, right? And right. It'll, it'll probably be anyone that covers it gets banned too off of social media. Yeah. That's another thing. And you know, now your uh, phones, your banks are all reporting that. So if something happens and you just need two idiots in there, right. You know, suddenly you're rounded up and you're just like, but I'm a journalist. Doesn't matter. You know, you're an activist. You're doing this. Don't. But if you want to, if I feel better after my procedures next week, um, maybe we can go to the Trump rally. I think that's something we should cover and talk to the people. Wait, because do you know where the next Trump is going to be? It's in Texas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I want to go to Texas. I have so many lovely people there. The last time I went, I went so Phoebe can meet her lawyer, right? And um, do everything. I met with a bunch of people. They're amazing. Like they organized a meeting and they met with their AG. They freaking called Ken Paxton to the carpet. Ken is a great guy, right? He's a right. great AG. Um, and so um, I'm really excited. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Texas has a lot of, you know, um, holes. Like Austin is like a cesspool, right? Totally. And so it's like, it's like, it's like a mini California. Right. And, um, but everywhere else is all about pro America. And, uh, you know, I freaking, I know Texas, especially the Hispanics in Texas are so tired of this crap. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm just thinking like, maybe we should organize something going there, um, and, and doing something because I think it would be great. We have a ton of people running. You know, we've got this one guy, Jake. Oh, by the way, he actually mentioned my name to Arsene. I don't know if it was the same guy that I was hanging out with, but like, he was like, Hey, do you know Tori? She's like a special person. And he fucking ran away from him. (laughs) It was like, um, that was awkward. Is his ex-girlfriend named Tori? Um, but it was, it was, it was pretty awesome because he's running totally on his own. Right. Um, not really taking campaign anything. He's in district 17. Right. Right. Um, you know, entrepreneur, America first. I mean, that district is going to be represented well, and hopefully more people can run, you know, um, in their districts and in their councils and in their states. I mean, I would really like to see a bunch of people that are listeners and family, really, right? Fellow Americans to run for secretary of state. I mean, could you imagine if someone ran for secretary of state in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, hardcore, and then said, Hey, thanks for voting me as secretary of state. I'm decertifying the 2020 election. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) That's what we need. We need someone in Pennsylvania, someone in Michigan, someone in Wisconsin, someone in Georgia, and someone in Arizona. And we, the people, will sit right behind them and get them fucking elected. And and, and, uh, they don't even have to do anything. They just have to say thanks, and they win. They swear in, and they're like, all right, so my first job as Secretary of State as Arizona is I am decertifying the elections of 2020. It's over. 
Okay, so who wants to run? Yeah, let's go, guys. <laughs> we need someone in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and uh, you I was know. like, why didn't you suggest that a year ago, Tori? Ah, because that's not how you do things. They see you coming. They will knock you out. This is the last push. So, or someone can run for Secretary of State, win, and then sue all the other Secretary of States in the states that, you know, haven't been contested. So that could be an option too. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's connect so we can do that video at some point and, um, you know, we'll, yes. we'll get together on that and hopefully we can do, um, you know, the rally. I think, I think yeah, you need to do some man on the street at the rally. Go to the Arizona one, but it was just, it was, it was too crazy. And you had gotten in that, um, accident and mm -hmm. it was just, it, it, it wasn't meant to be okay so and i'm in a jeep wrangler now i don't like it oh yeah i don't like it and everyone's you like don't oh, to worry about charging your car yeah but i don't but the car doesn't it's not intuitive like i actually have to pay attention a lot <laughs> but anyway okay millie thanks for hanging out with all of us we did like a super show which is great because if i do a short one tomorrow i won't feel that guilty hopefully my archivist will make this into two shows part a part b so that way you know it's not too lengthy for my podcast listeners too um we should have chats like this all the time um because i think people think that we just say the same thing and that's not the case I think people need to see that, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's kind of like that meme that someone put of Dorothy and Alice, but they gave Dorothy like glasses. And then Alice is like, Oh my God, I've seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally reminds me of me and you because yeah. they like say opposite things, but they've all been to their own type of Oz. So, right. right. That's, We've that's all been good. through our own. I've been through a rabbit hole. That's for sure. Well, I think everyone's going through it. So that's the way it is. And thanks for joining us, Millie. I can't wait to come down there and we can um, do it together. Oh, that uh, doesn't sound right. See, people are going to take that completely out of context again. It's kind of like when I was talking about the computer and I was literally holding it between my legs. And I said, I have like a compute. I have an Oracle between my legs. And people were like, oh my God, did you just hear that? And I meant to say Oracle computer. Um, because I was literally holding it between my knees no. and it just, it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> awkward moments. I Friends. swear. And this is okay. This is crazy guys. But when we go on all these road trips and, and these trips where we're like running around in DC or running around all these things, trying to do our missions, um, I'm like, Tori, first of all, for anyone who knows Tori personally, she is like hilarious to, to watch and be around. I'm not going to lie. Tori is freaking hilarious. Okay. And there's always a bunch of drama going on, like nonstop <laughs> everywhere. And there's always like, it's seriously the most entertaining stuff always happening. And, and like between us getting uh, DDoS attacked in the middle of that meeting. And it's just. Or the weird guy with the mohawk hanging out at the same place all the time. Yeah. And, and so I was like, Tori, you know, look, we really just need to have a reality show when we go on oh these gosh. missions can, and adventures. If we had a reality show, people would freak out. I think my lawyers were a little bit spooked, um, you know, with the casing and stuff before. But, um. <laughs> but I was like, we should have a reality show because the stuff that happens is insane. Whether oh we're, we're being fought, like, spied on by, like, 
little literal like spooks or i mean just the weirdest stuff that happens really yeah, no it is it is really weird it is let's be honest it is really weird like that lady with the turban that was creepy right. that was like super creepy and out of the blue right and there's me and one of my attorneys looking for the moon we're like we just commented on the moon like two seconds ago where to go um uh, you know, and then Gavin losing his wallet and his bag in the same night. And yeah. then burning up. <laughs> it's like, we're watched so well that no one steals our shit, right? You could lose right. your wallet. And the, the, guys, I'm dead serious. We left a bag with stuff in it at a, at a restaurant and left. And then when we went back, it was there. Gavin left his wallet and it was untouched. And there, when he returned, he was not even bothered about it, was he, Millie? He left it there all day. He's like, no, it'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because everyone's watching. They were like, let's just take copies of what he has and let's look at the cards and how much cash he has and watch what he does. I'm just saying, like, it is funny. And yeah. I think, yeah, a reality show would be badass, but you and me would have to take the adventure to go to Antarctica. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Could you imagine both of us going in the so snow? Cold. It'd be so cold, though. I don't yeah. know. And I'd be freezing on the back of the, the ship trying to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. You know, uh, with, like, you know, dripping icicles. Well, here's the thing. I've been trying to trek around in the snow, like, in my backyard. And I had these big old – I had a big old puffy coat on. And I had these big old, like, um, I guess, like, water boots i don't know what you call them the ones that go lashes i know which ones yeah the ones that i wore once they're like I, rubber boots and yeah. um my dog was out there and my my son and whatnot and the snow is just so deep it's like you know it was exhausting trying to trek through the snow and that was only about like maybe two feet or so of snow you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, Tori. Antarctica sounds pretty intense. Yeah, it's all icy, and it, there's only snow for a little bit, and then it changes. But I just think that we should do that. I mean, a, a reality show, could you imagine if we had someone following us around? First of all, the person would die laughing. They'd be like, no way, this chick is... They would, but they, they then they would catch all the blonde moments, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know. And there were, you know, uh, I talk to really hot cops all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so um, that's, that's pretty interesting. And yeah. high school cops too. So that's also interesting. But yeah, I think, yeah, totally a reality. Could you imagine a reality show? Investigative journalists. There you go. Yeah. But I would have to beat up the cameraman when he'd be like, what are you looking at? It's like, none of your business. <laughs> I would totally do that too. <laughs> and have that final politics. say on the edit. <laughs> yeah. And be like, you better cut that out. <laughs> but anyway, I think that would be, that would be kind of cool. You know, maybe right. we could take our, uh, a trip to Epstein Island or we could go to Joe Biden's submarine Island. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Why not? Maybe we could get someone to drive a submarine for us. I'm pretty sure Max, uh, Maxwell doesn't need hers now. So right. Find where she parked that. Probably in Joe Biden's island, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you for I staying. Sorry. Well, Let thanks for time. having me on, and we will uh, link up. Was it tomorrow or this weekend? Yeah, either. Well, when when it's not going to be eight degrees, so I'm not in a vehicle that's not mine, and I can drive, you know, safely. Because you know you're out in the sticks, and that you know they're not very well known for the highways here to keep them i don't want to go ice skating with a car i did enough of that crap North right Dakota. there was a jeep literally on the side of the road today when i went to costco with my 
my kid with Alma. Yeah. Well, I, look, the roads, the roads here were so good, but there was like a mound of snow, you know, where the lane separates, right? Literally at five feet tall, right? And in the middle of nowhere by itself, right? Whole highway for someone to drive through, right? And exit on. And a fucking car was right in there. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, there's like five lanes, right? Of cleared road. How does he go into a strip that's three feet wide and get stuck? Like, why would he do that? It was just so weird. Everyone's like posting the biscuit, the biscuit cat emojis. Because yeah, I hear him going, yeah. he's, such, he's such a blabbermouth. I don't think people know what a bitch he is, too. You can attest to that. He's bitchy and moody. He's, he's, uh, the only thing about biscuit is, and your other kitty is they drool. Yeah, I know. They're broken. They drool all over me. <laughs> I know. I'm I like, know. ah, like the cat literally, I'd be sitting at Tori on Tori's couch and the cats like love to come up and like get pet by me. Like, I don't know what it is, but cats really like me for some reason. But, um, every once in a while they'll get so into being pet they like shake their head and like literally like almost like a dog <laughs> drool all over me i'm like what the heck getting sprayed by yeah me. my cats are broken <laughs> <laughs> and then tori's like yeah i think he's got into the um catnip again yeah he's, he's like, always he's always got like his face covered in catnip dust yeah, I know. He has like these, um, these catnip bags. Phoebe keeps scolding me. She was here at the apartment the other day. She was like, you're making him a drug addict because he has like five of those bags. And every time she sees him, he has like catnip all over him. And my sofa guys is like a white color. And so I was noticing these weird stains and it was resin from the damn catnip. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, who is sitting here? Is someone leaking? Like what's going on? I thought it was my cat and it was the catnip. Um, so yeah, yeah his cat is a pothead. Yeah, he is. Like he lays out literally on top. He does of that meow with Joanna. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's what he does. That's no, it's for meow. real. It's an actual brand. Like my cats use meow with Joanna. It's yeah. an actual catnip brand. Yeah, and he's and he's a dribbler. My my cats are old, so this yeah. gets my Afghan man. Yeah, so he's like the best. Yeah, so I have a dribble cat, and they love Millie. And you know, you're lucky you didn't get cat dribble in your mouth. That shit's happened to me. It's not fun, dude. I got like sprayed when it. They <laughs> shake their heads around and just get splattered everywhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And my cats are into their cat weed, so they'll dribble yeah. more. All right, guys. Good night. Long show today. Please, Mr. Archivist, um, separate it into. Uh, I think I should end it with a President Trump's motivational video. And I'll see you at some point in the next couple of days so we can um, do a video together. Okay, sounds good. God bless. Have a great night, Millie. Thanks for joining us. Everyone, God bless. Good night. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head down and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in. Don't back down and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. 
And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares, in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come.
May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God bless America. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you.